The following segment is from the Palpably Unfair podcast on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. So Tampa Bay continues to roll, and that division is going to be fun by the end of the year. Let's go to the number two performance. This is a guy that's like up and down for us, like from week to week. Uh, my love-hate affair with Baker Bucephalus Mayfield continues. Such a weird uh, game for him against the Bengals. First throw of the game, he throws a bad one to Odell Beckham Jr. up the sidelines, picked off by Darius Phillips. Uh, Odell unfortunately tears his ACL trying to make the tackle. He's out for the year. So he goes the rest of the game without his top weapon after making a bad throw. On the next drive, he has two incompletions. On the next drive, he has two more incompletions. So it'd be really easy for Bad Baker to show up and go in the tank. But what does he do? Well, for the rest of the day, he goes 22 of 23. By the way, that incompletion was a spike. Five touchdowns, right? Week seven leading 16.6% completion percentage over expectation. And if you watch him, you know that he's like prone to create chaos by himself. We've talked about that here before, but I'm not sure I've seen a more decisive, accurate baker that made all of the right throws for that long of a stretch. And some of these throws are ridiculous too. And I put them on my timeline at Michael Kiss NFL on Twitter. The six-yard touchdown to Harrison Bryant probably clocked in at 200 miles an hour and he put it in a perfect spot. The 16-yard seam ball to David and Joku. I mean, there's not another place that he can put this thing. He fit it through a keyhole. You see this from Baker and you ask yourself, what is this guy's deal? Like, who is he? Why can't we have this version of Baker all of the time? And I really think like this is about playing on script. We talked like early in the show about how like we're starting to figure out where the weaknesses, where the strengths are. When he's on script, like everything's great. Having a multi-dimensional offense with Kevin Stefanski calling it, when they've had a lead or when it's tight, like but we've really seen him fold when they go down multiple scores and the offense has to go with a more one-dimensional attack. You can't lean on the play action, so on and so forth. That concerns me because that doesn't seem sustainable. But at the same time, you can build off a game like this where everything went wrong at the start of the game and you're still able to dig yourselves up out of like, I think it was like a one-score hole was like the worst of it for him, but still... And yeah, it's against the Bengals, but despite the record, the Bengals haven't been a pushover uh, outside of the Ravens game. All of their losses have been one score deals and it's a divisional opponent. That's always tough. But here's the talking point that I really want to dig into, Kyle. And I remember this being what Giants fans used to say when they got all boo-boo feelings hurt about Odell back in the day. And it was absurd then. And, and I think it's absurd now, but there's kind of like what we saw from this game. There might be some truth to it. Uh, as I mentioned, this was the most decisive Baker I can I can remember seeing. Is this offense going to prove more efficient and effective with the temptation of bird-dogging Odell removed from the equation for Baker? Yeah, that's going to be interesting because I think Baker is a different quarterback when he knows he's not going to get hit, when there's not a threat of pressure and the Bengals aren't going to really challenge you like like their division rivals, like the, the Ravens, like the Steelers would. And I think that plays a big factor. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the Njoku throw. Obviously, the touchdown to Peoples-Jones was in a great spot on the outside. I wish that's where the Odell ball would have been. Yeah. But the that throw where he just kind of moved – he doesn't really have to move the safety, but he just goes through his reads. He comes back, pushes the safety one way, comes back to Njoku. Um, just statistically wise, Baker was the only player that had a higher EPA per play than Brady this week. He was successful on 71% of his passes, which was number one in the NFL, too. He's just playing confident. He's playing comfortable. And I think the big reason for that was because he's not going to get hit. 
So I want to pump the brakes to see if, you know, that's going to be a consistent Baker because we haven't seen a consistent Baker. So if he's going to do this, if he's going to play like he played and the results don't have to be there, he doesn't have to complete 21 of 22 or whatever it was. (laughs) But I just want to see him not be flustered under pressure, not make bad decisions when he knows guys are screaming down his throat. If that's the case, man, I'm going to give him all the credit in the world. And I think that's really good context with the pressure. And you're going to notice a theme from my top three quarterbacks here in a second when I bring up this stat, but this is where I'm at with it. Can it be more efficient Uh, for stretches? I don't think that's ridiculous. Can it be as explosive? No, I don't think like it can consistently be like this, like overall. And I think you're the same way. I prefer having Odell versus not having Odell. And if that makes my quarterback poop inside of his own brain every now and then, so be it. But the upside is so good. And look, I guess we're about to find out. So let's go to the number three quarterback performance of the week and look. Make sure you don't miss our next conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcasts.